Having had a week or two off, being able to do whatever you want is still only a week or two out of a year or years of doing work that requires you to do what you have to do, which, when returning back to work, can magnify one's discontent. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Comfort Zone, the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding you through change the easy way so that you can live your best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. In times like these, in what we Swedes call vacation time, the time when one hopefully gets to enjoy the summer, weather and relaxation after having spent a long period of time working and getting through dark days, literal dark days, since daylight hours are so few during the fall, winter and sometimes springtime, it is such a longed-for period in one's year. Swedes are privileged for the fact that we have four to five weeks paid vacation and sometimes even more. The only problem is that picking what periods to be off during the summer is a gamble. And like with most gambling, the house always seems to win. The Swedish summer is plagued by erratic and unpredictable weather, often long periods of rain and wind. At least where I'm from. A place that, by the way, is said to have more rainy days than London with their 150 rainy days per year. At the time of me recording this episode, there are places in the south of Europe that are experiencing extreme heat, drought and raging fires. And I do want to acknowledge this for a moment. The climate is changing and some places in our union seems to be getting the worst of it. So even though I and many Swedes along with me complain about the Swedish summer being too short and often played by poor weather, rain and clouds, I'm gaining a newfound appreciation for the stable and cool weather that we have in the northern parts of Europe. And in times like these when people go on vacation, an interesting observation can be made. What's the reason for vacation? A simple answer would be to allow us to recharge, have time away from the stress at work, pressure to perform, endless responsibilities and deadlines forced upon us. It's a way to avoid painful and costly burnouts. So of course vacation is what we come up with to the question of what is needed to better cope and sustain oneself. And the goal is to be able to come back rested, recharged and ready to get straight back into the fray. But if you've ever gone on vacation, one, two, three, possibly more weeks at a time, then perhaps you've noticed that when you return to work, The reality is that you come back with less patience, feeling worn out and more disinterested. Having had a week or two off, being able to do whatever you want is still only a week or two out of a year or years of doing work that requires you to do what you have to do, which when returning back to work can magnify one's discontent, having been given some perspective. I'm going to confess to something I'm neither proud of nor that is actually very legal. Back in my corporate career, I was somewhat of a workaholic. 
overambitious, overworked, and overstressed. I've mentioned this many times before on this podcast. And one of the ways this played out was that I seldom, if ever, took time off. When it came around to vacation time, I did my very best to avoid putting in my requests for when to be off. I'd trade with other people and colleagues so they could be off and I covered for them, with the excuse that I'll take time off when they're all back. In truth, I simply skipped my vacation altogether. One time, I had been told very strictly by my boss that I had to take some time off, and so reluctantly I put in for vacation. And even though I was supposed to be on vacation, I went into work without clocking in. I mean, I, I wasn't even getting paid to work. I was getting paid to be at home, to have time off. But I just couldn't be away. I told everyone that I had switched my weeks with someone else and I managed to once again get out of taking time away from work. Me not clocking in meant that I wasn't insured, since I wasn't officially on the clock working. You're also not allowed to accumulate too many weeks of vacation, since that would mean that people aren't taking the much-needed time off. So it is a requirement that people use up a big portion of their vacation weeks each year. Besides my workaround of working without clocking in, I had a routine with my employer where I was often moved around to different sites and stores. And in all that paperwork, things got hard to keep track of, which I took advantage of. Finally, when I decided to quit my job and start my own business, I was called up by an HR representative who was confused by her findings. I had so much unused vacation time and it shouldn't have been allowed or possible, but there it was, black on white. And so they called to check if this actually had been the case, that I hadn't been taking my required vacation time over the past nine years. Sadly, yes, it was true. I hadn't been taking the time off for the best part of a decade. The truth was that I didn't dare to go on vacation. I was afraid that if I did, I wouldn't know what to do, how to handle my anxiety of not being productive, performing and getting praise. And perhaps even more truthfully, I had a sense that if I took four weeks off, I'd discover what it felt to do things that didn't feel like a must or a should and Having experienced that, I wouldn't ever want to come back. I mean, imagine being a bird set free from having lived in a cage, now able to stretch their wings and fly high in the sky, only to be yanked back into captivity. Having been given a taste of freedom, their captivity would now feel even worse. Perhaps they were better off not knowing what freedom felt like. Well, at least this was how I reasoned at the time. It was my own personal experience and fear. So I did everything I could to avoid taking time off because I was afraid that if I did, I would never return. And what would happen then? What would life be like then? You have to work, you have to make money. And what would people say? However destructive or possibly illegal my avoiding taking time off was, perhaps I wasn't completely wrong. According to research recently published by the Harvard Business Review, 
vacation is not the most effective way to avoid burnout. What is more effective than taking some time off is taking more time off. The Harvard researchers found that employees need an extended period of time off in order to truly recharge and return to work with renewed motivation, what can be called a sabbatical. Now, besides the obvious benefits of taking time off, getting to rest up, doing what you love and feeling relaxed. Another factor is at play here when you go on a sabbatical. We often dream of being free to do whatever we want. And often the way we fantasize about that is to not having to work at all. We draw the conclusion that if I just didn't have to work, then I'd be happy. I talked about the importance of purpose and social connection in the episode about retirement. And a great number of studies show that... What affects our overall health and longevity is having meaning in life and being able to contribute to your community. Work can help provide this meaning and contribution that can help us live healthy and happy lives. You see, lying on the beach drinking Mai Tais all day long, every day of the week, for weeks and weeks, can get pretty old after some time and you might start feeling bored. To me, that is not a bad thing. You see, when you get bored, your mind starts to come up with loads of new ideas. It's looking for connections you'd otherwise never make if you'd been all occupied with stimuli or distraction. When you're bored, you create the space to tap into what you'd like to do instead of being busy doing what you have to do. For example, if you'd get to eat your favourite meal every day for every meal... I dare say that it might become a bit old after a while. The same with listening to your favourite song. After a while, you get tired of it and you'd start to wonder, what else is out there? What other food might you like? What other songs might be good? Most of us look for stimuli, variety and novelty. And the truth is, what's new now quickly becomes familiar And then we start looking for the next thing that's new. As humans, when we're faced with a hedonic adaptation, meaning that what's now new becomes the new norm and the excitement wears off, boredom creeps in. After enough time, you might actually miss work. The drive to make a difference, the intrinsically rewarding feeling of being productive and producing something of value, the challenges, the growth, the colleagues and possibly even the routine. This alone can benefit your situation with work. You might want to come back, finally being recharged and rejuvenated. For your employer, who might not be so keen on granting a sabbatical thinking that simply making vacation weeks work is a costly business, there's some good news. The Harvard researchers pointed out that sabbaticals can come in many different forms. For example, there's both paid and unpaid sabbaticals. And then you have working sabbaticals where employees can work remotely and or on hours that work best for them. If an employer can grant not just remote work, but the freedom to work from other time zones, they can give employees the freedom to live and enjoy their lives more fully and thus making people actually grateful. This can help you appreciate what you have, both in your private life and what your professional life can afford you. You don't have to love what you do. 
I think that advice sometimes does more harm than good. I've said it before, and it deserves repeating. The purpose of your income is to support your lifestyle goals. That's it. Now, if how you make your money happens to also be something you love, then great. But it's not a prerequisite. Employers are afraid that if they grant sabbaticals, their staff won't return to work, having been given the taste of freedom. This isn't actually what tends to happen, though. Research shows when employers give their employees the opportunity to take extended leave, people tend to stay, because of the simple reason that people want to hold on to a workplace that provides them freedom to go and come back. Giving them a chance to support their lifestyle goals. My anxiety back in the day, whenever I was considering going on vacation, was founded in the fear that once I return, I'd know what I'd rather be doing with my time than work. Even though it might have been true that I would have discovered something else I'd rather have done with my time, I'm sure that given time for me to finally relax and wind down. I would have wanted to get back to work to do something meaningful, be that simply to support the life I lead or create the opportunity to work doing something I love. If you're feeling a bit frayed coming back from your vacation or fearing going on your looming vacation, then I hope you've heard what I've shared today. How could you explore the opportunities to leverage a sabbatical, paid, unpaid, or working? If your employer is hesitant to entertain this idea, then send them this episode to listen to. It's not only relatively short and quick to consume. In the show notes, they can find references to the studies and papers from the Harvard Business Review. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episode by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Visit the website insidethecomfort.zone or click the link in the show notes for a chance to send me your questions and feedback as a voice message. And with your permission, if it's valuable for our listeners, your content might be featured in an upcoming episode. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker, and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you, and please keep it up. Talk more soon.